Hello, church family. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. It is April 8th, 2020. I just want to welcome you here together. And before we get into our Bible study, though, I would like to wish a happy anniversary to David and Norma. They had an anniversary here uh, last Friday. And also, I missed Dave Lightholt's birthday on Sunday. Dave, we love you. And we do pray that you are doing well and trust that you had a good time with family. And uh, we also, I would like to open up this time in prayer Uh, Most of you know that we are praying for, uh, we have many needs in this church, but we have uh, some dear friends in this church, Don and Cheryl, and I would just like for us to lift them up in prayer as we begin our study tonight and just trust God uh, to bring his presence into their home uh, in encouragement and healing. So let's just join together right now as we pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for bringing us together uh, to have this Bible study, and we do pray right now for our friends Don and Cheryl, uh, for their entire family, and we just pray, God, right now for your presence to fill their home. Jesus, we thank you for the peace that you give to us, a peace that surpasses our understanding, and we just pray for a tangible peace, Lord, to surround their minds, to renew their minds, Uh, We pray for your love just to bring comfort to their hearts. And Lord, right now, we as your church, we just pray for healing right now in both of their bodies. Lord, they both could use a touch from you right now. And Lord, for any others who are watching or listening right now, we just ask God by the power of your spirit that you would reach into their home, into their car, wherever they are, and just fill them up to overflowing with the mighty power of God. Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I pray for that same spirit that rose you from the dead, Jesus, to quicken and bring their body back to life. Just uh, invigorate them right now with the life of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, once again, we're so glad that you are here together tonight. I don't have a long Bible study, but I do want to share some thoughts as we are preparing for Resurrection Sunday uh, coming up this Sunday. And I, tonight I want to go back to just right before the Garden of Gethsemane. As I was praying today, I was thinking about a couple different scriptures and passages. And the one that came to my mind was found in the Gospel of Luke chapter 22, uh, starting in verse 31. This was when the Lord spoke to Simon Peter. And let's read together verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he, Peter, said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. As I was thinking about this scripture, what came to my mind is is, uh, the sifting of Peter that Satan wanted to bring into Peter's life. And I will tell you, I, I really cannot fathom why God would allow, would allow Satan to sift his people. This kind of brings us back to Job chapter one, but we're not going to go there tonight. But there was something about Peter that Satan approached Jesus somehow and said, you know what? I want to sift him. I, I want to sift his faith. And Jesus had to give permission uh, for Satan to do so. And I was often intrigued, well, what did that mean? What, what did that look like, that sifting of Peter? And I used to only think that it meant, well, when he was going to deny Christ. But a few years back, the Lord brought a message to my heart and kind of opened up this passage of scripture to me. And I would like to remind you, uh, for those who are watching and listening, about uh, what God brought to my heart about the sifting 
of Peter that Satan brought into his life and how that could apply and there could be a parallel in our life as well because there are times and seasons that we could go through sifting as well. And before we get into it, I want to let you know that if you are being sifted right now and you're going through a difficult time, please know. I want you to, to look back at the scripture here when Jesus told Peter that Satan desired to that asked for him, that he would sift him as wheat. Look at verse 32. Jesus said to Peter, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Hallelujah. I am so thankful for that, that here Jesus, uh, he did have to give permission for Peter to be sifted. But look at that. Jesus prayed for Peter. And I want to let you know that Jesus is praying for you as well, my friend. He ever lives at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us according to the will of God. That reminds us again and again and again that Jesus is for you. He is not against you. No matter how difficult of a time that you are going through right now, just please, as I said on Sunday, let's look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured that cross He understands everything that we are going through and so much more. If I were to give a title tonight for my message, the title would be, uh, What Good is a Losing Savior? What Good is a Losing Savior? You see, Peter's about to be sifted by Satan. And if we think about what he was experiencing all up to leading up to the, uh, the crucifixion, Jesus was feeding the multitudes. He was healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead. Lazarus had just been been raised from the dead shortly before this. And uh, things were going so well, feeding the multitudes. Peter had actually walked on water. Peter, he was on the Mount of Transfiguration where he and James and John were on a mountain with Jesus. And when Jesus was praying, uh, he was transfigured before them where his face became shining like the sun. His clothing was just bright. Uh, bright as the bright as could possibly be, and they heard that loud booming voice from heaven saying, "This is my beloved son. Listen to him." You know, not many people beside Peter had had such an incredible experience with God as he had, and here he is about to be thrown into the sifting of Satan, where Satan is going to sift his faith. Faith, but we must keep in mind that Jesus is praying for Peter. And I want to let you know too, he is praying for you as well. Well, how was he going to be sifted? I would like to get into this. What what did that mean that he was going to be sifted? Well, Satan's sifting of Peter was this. Number one, when confusion came into Peter's life, what do I mean by that? Well, Peter is here wondering, what on earth is God doing? And why won't he help me? Or why won't he help himself? You see here, Peter And Jesus and James and John, they're going to be in the Garden of Gethsemane. And these soldiers are going to come and they're going to arrest Jesus. You know, that is a far cry from where they were just earlier on Palm Sunday when they came into Jerusalem and all the crowds were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And here Jesus is about to allow himself to be arrested And so this brought great confusion into Peter's life where he was wondering, God, what on earth are you doing and why won't you help us? Why are you doing this? Is it possible that we have that happen in our life as well sometimes 
Whenever we have questions that are plaguing, perhaps tormenting our mind of, of why is this happening? What is God doing? Just be forewarned that you are possibly in a season of sifting, but also be encouraged to know that you don't walk through this time alone. Jesus is praying for you. How else was Peter's faith being sifted by Satan? Well, number two, disappointment. Uh, brought about by unfulfilled expectations. Peter's faith was being sifted by disappointment and the unfulfilled expectations. How often do we have expectations uh, for God to do something in our life or, or perhaps even people to do something in our life? And yet when those expectations are not met, disappointment settles in. And when disappointment settles in, that can bring despondency, depression, despair, all the D words I bring up sometimes. I don't know why the devil seems to have so many D words, uh, the depression, despair. But here Peter was going through a great season of disappointment. First, confusion. Why are these soldiers coming? Why isn't Jesus doing something about it? Why won't he help us? And now he's just being let down. He's, he's disappointed, thinking, wait a second. I thought Jesus was the Messiah. I thought that he was coming to rule and reign on the throne of David. I mean, here he is feeding the multitudes and healing the sick and raising the dead. Uh, What more could be better than this? You know, just shortly before this time, I believe it was Peter, James, and John were arguing about which of them was going to be the greatest. And they wanted to sit at his right hand and his left hand in his kingdom. But here they're just so confused, so disappointed, let down, And I want to tell you that when you go through those seasons as well, that your faith is being sifted. But once again, Jesus is praying for you. How else? What else was happening in Peter's life? Well, number three, offense. Betrayal of a close friend or perhaps a close friend lets you down. You know, I don't think there's a one of us that could say that we haven't gone through a betrayal, maybe a close friend letting us down. You know, it's a human experience that each of us go through, and even Jesus himself went through it as well. Uh, If you've ever prayed to be more like Jesus, uh, just be aware that you will be let down by people. But don't allow that to get your faith uh, unsettled. Don't allow that to get you into offense and bitterness. It's just not worth it. Uh, Jesus loves you too much. But here, Peter, uh, one of the 12 disciples, uh, Judas Iscariot, he led those Roman soldiers to Jesus, and he's about to betray Jesus with a kiss. I would imagine, after having spent uh, three years with Judas, three years of eating together, being on the boat together, walking the streets of Israel and Jerusalem together, uh, those 12 men with Jesus were very close And so Peter, when he sees Judas coming to to lead those soldiers uh, to arrest Jesus, that was undoubtedly a major betrayal, especially for Jesus, but also for Peter and the other disciples. And so their faith was being sifted uh, by that betrayal, that letdown of a close friend. If you've gone through that, if you're going through that, uh, don't see them as the enemy don't take out your emotional energy upon them. No, instead pray for them and realize, you know what? It's not that God caused them to do so, but if if you've gone through a betrayal, an abandonment, maybe somebody's let you down, uh, it's time to lean on somebody who sticks closer than a brother, to lean on Jesus. Uh, He is a friend, uh, the friend of sinners. He loves you. How else was Peter's uh, faith being sifted? Let's go to number four. 
It ultimately, ultimately uh, culminated in his failure and his denial of Christ. You know, when you're being sifted and you've gone through all that uh, energy, I would like to go back to that slide here of the confusion. Uh, what on earth is God doing? Why won't he help me? Perhaps, too, the disappointment of unfulfilled expectations of you know, you thought that, you thought, well, God, I thought that you were going to do this, and you, you made all these promises, and perhaps it hasn't turned out the way that you were hoping that you're going through sifting, or the offense, the betrayal of a close friend, and that finally culminates, sadly, when things build uh, little by little by little, things just have a way of building, that perhaps you do something and that you fail in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, Peter... When he's on at that night of Passover, he couldn't see 50 days ahead to Pentecost, but thank God Jesus could. And that's why I believe Jesus, when he told him, he warned him, hey, Satan's going to sift you. He's going to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. You know, Jesus did not give up on Peter. Peter did end up denying Christ in his greatest hour of need. But I'm reminded of 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. I believe I shared this last week. It says, if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If you are being sifted or have been, perhaps you have failed Christ or let him down. Perhaps you've been mad at him recently. You're angry, wondering, God, where are you? Why, why aren't you here to help me? I want to let you know, my friend, God is with you. He is here for you. His promises never do fail. And I want to tell you this, that based upon the story of the cross, what we're about to celebrate on Sunday with the death and resurrection of Jesus, what, what appeared to be Jesus's greatest defeat was actually working to bring about our greatest deliverance and victory. And sometimes that is what happens in your life and my life. What can appear to be the greatest defeat the greatest setback, the greatest disappointment that we walk through in life, if we will allow God the time to work in our life, that we truly will look back someday, perhaps not in this life, but most certainly in the life hereafter, we will look back and just say, Lord, you truly work all things together for good. I would like to go to another scripture here found in John chapter 12, verse 20 through 25. Uh, it says here in closing, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and they asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I want to read this again. Verse 23, Jesus answered them, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, but he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Again, my friend, as I set the title of this message, what good is a losing Savior? 
We can learn so much from this week as we take time to focus on the Passion Week, on the events that led up to Jesus' giving his life willingly, freely, lovingly for your salvation and my salvation. But it often comes into our heart, well, what good is a losing Savior? If I'm losing, if he's not coming through for me, well, what good is all this anyways? I just want to encourage you to look to Jesus and look to the cross and be reminded that what appeared to be his greatest defeat and setback, utter humiliation, was actually working together for something for our good, for our victory, for our benefit, for our deliverance. God loves you. He is for you. He is not against you. You may be going through a time of sifting. You may be right in the middle of it. I just want to remind you, my friend, Jesus loves you. He is praying for you. He is not against you. And I just want to close our time in prayer here and just uh, encourage you that if you're going through a time of confusion, if you're going through a time of disappointment, or maybe you're going through a time of betrayal, just let down, or maybe you failed the Lord, just be reminded of Peter. When Peter was in the midst of all of this turmoil, he couldn't see ahead, 50 days ahead to Pentecost, when the Spirit of God was about ready to be poured out upon his life and he would be preaching to the multitudes if only he could see the glimpse of what God had prepared for him in a very similar way. You may not have the privilege to preach to thousands, but you know what? Don't allow today to railroad tomorrow. Don't allow the failures, the disappointments, the confusion. Don't allow it to cause you to throw away the future of what God has for you. Be reminded, Jesus loves you. He's praying for you. Let's close our time together in prayer. And as we do so, I just want to invite you that if you need to surrender your heart to Jesus Christ and to bow your heart and your knee to him, let's just pray together this prayer of salvation and invite him into our heart right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the great love that you have for us. We thank you that you came into this world to save the world, not to condemn the world. And right now, Lord, for anybody watching or listening, if if they need salvation, We ask right now, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for every sin. Forgive me for my anger, my disappointment in you. Forgive me for allowing my own confusion to cause me, Lord, just to walk away from you. Lord, help me to trust in you. I invite you into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want to be born again by the Spirit of God. And Lord, right now I pray for everybody who prayed that prayer. I ask that you would baptize them in the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would fill them to overflowing with your power and glory. I pray, dear God, that you would fill them with your joy, your love, your strength, your peace, your happiness. Jesus, I pray that you would strengthen their faith, that it would not fail in Jesus' name. And Lord, for everybody else, I just pray, God, pour out your spirit upon your church in a mighty way. Lord, as we prepare to celebrate your resurrection on Sunday, I just pray that our hearts will be prepared to celebrate the goodness, the grace, the mercy, the wonderful salvation that you have brought in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to listen or to watch. If you have done so, I would just be so encouraged if you could send a little text Uh, For those of you, especially from our church, if you have my phone number, I would love uh, just a quick text message that you you watch the message, or you could leave a, a message on the Facebook or the YouTube. God bless you. I am praying for you. 
Have a wonderful week, and let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen.